0: Oh, it's Welcome to the greatest podcast you've ever heard. And by I say the greatest podcast, I mean the greatest podcast ever recorded in my home office. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Beards and Biceps, hosted by Matt Youngins and Jeremy Sweeting. Where one of us has a beard and nobody has biceps. <laughs> so... What this podcast will go from, a go through fitness, it'll go through personal development, it'll go through all fun things in between, stupid college stories, fun little tidbits about ourselves and each other, probably insults that are really, really mean, among other things. We'll try to keep the language as PG as possible, but nothing is guaranteed. There'll probably be a lot of cuss words. I shouldn't have even said it was PG. It's not going to be PG. So if you got those ears where things may hurt your feelings, it uh, might hurt here. So um, we're going to go First episode listen to the greatest thing you've ever heard. we're just gonna tell a little bit about a little bit about ourselves, you know why we're doing this podcast, what got us here, how we met each other, why we're friends still, who knows um, those little things and then we'll go on in future episodes into like more of the meteor stuff, the, the thick stuff, all the fun stuff. So this one's more introductory uh, little anecdotes about our history, all that fun stuff. so we will start with the one and only. Capless wonder Jeremy Sweeting, and where he
1: began. Thank you for the kind introduction, Mr. Jungle Hands. It's a little bit about me. As you already heard, my name is Jeremy Sweeting. I'm 24 years of age, from Stratford, Connecticut, and this is my story. 2007, 11 years ago, my skinny white ass walked into a high school. Not just any high school, the one and only St. Joseph High School in Trumbull, Connecticut,
0: eleven years later, your
1: skinny white ass walking to my house <laughs> um so a little bit about me walking into this high school. we're gonna start with our high school days and then we're gonna go ahead and transition transition <laughs> into our college days and we'll we'll go into our post college current lives um a little bit of background just so you guys know like who we are. Who we were, what got us to where we are, and all that fun stuff that Matt has already mentioned and I'm reiterating. So like I said, 2007, uh, I went to this high school, St. Joseph High School, which is a private Catholic high school in Trumbull, Connecticut. Um, the reason I went there is because the public high school in my town didn't have a hockey team, and you know, that's the only thing I wanted to do with my life at that point was to play hockey. Uh, luckily, I got into this school and my parents were awesome enough to foot the bill, uh, so I can play hockey through high school and maybe make a career out of it. It's about to stop. No, there it goes. It's still going. Um, first time
0: recording a podcast folks. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're trying to say figure some weird stuff out. Yeah, we're trying we'll to try to edit it. it out, but we have no idea how to edit things out. So we're going to keep going with it. Yeah. Oftentimes, okay.
1: It's nice. Yeah.
0: Good one, dude.
1: Yeah. We're good. So Sick. like I said, I walked into this, uh, high school, 2007, uh, okay. private high school. So like I didn't. I didn't know anybody there, Uh, it was like super quiet, just really awkward, Um, and that kind of went on for for a little bit, Um, like I said, the only reason I went there was to play hockey, so the only friends I had was like the hockey team, and and maybe a couple people here and there, but I was that kid that like didn't really have a close friend group, but was friendly with everybody, Um, and we'll get to why that is important later. It's important because um, it 's never changed <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah just just from that um like i I never really had any confidence, and I was pretty easily influenced and not really able to develop my own thoughts or think for my own I just whatever somebody with any sort of education or authority would tell me i i just I just bought into it with with no questioning at all um like I said, we'll get into why that is important later. Um, but what's funny about me mentioning the hockey team is that, like, I was never even good at hockey. <laughs> so, your little background story, and this this will come up later in this podcast and and future podcasts, why like me not having confidence is is funny is pertaining to who I am now. Um, so basically, before. The season even started. You know, Obviously, there's tryouts and whatnot. Uh, I had a meeting with the coach, and he said... You suck. More or less, you suck. <laughs> um, we've seen you play junior hockey, and we don't know if you're good enough to compete at the high school level, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, all right, whatever. Uh, Show up to the tryout and just busted my ass, worked as hard as I could, even if I didn't know what I was doing. I was just going 100 miles an hour. Um, and I had a, a meeting with the coach after the tryout, and he's like, you know, honestly, we didn't we didn't think you were going to be that good. Not that I was like anything amazing, but I definitely exceeded expectations. So why do you want to play hockey? What, what? drew you to hockey? Uh, I just I played hockey my whole life. So since I was like five years old, I I, I played hockey. And I just wanted to keep playing and, and make a career out of it. Um, who's your inspiration for hockey? Like, who's your favorite hockey. hockey
0: hockey player? Hockey player? When I was a kid, Gary Van Beesbrook?
1: I don't even know who that is. I think it's a floor panther center from. Wait, that's the goalie. goalie. <laughs> I don't know. Um I was an Islanders fan. I I know that's they're terrible. That's not even a thing. Um I don't know if I had a favorite player. I really don't. I just love the sport and like I didn't I didn't care who was playing on TV, I just loved to watch the game, whoever was playing I just loved the sport. Um so anyway, like I said, the coach said, you know, we didn't really think you're gonna be this good and we'd love to have you on the team, yada yada yada. So that was awesome to show or to prove to myself that, you know, even though I wasn't good, if I busted my ass, like good things would come of it. Um, so my freshman year um, playing hockey, like we went five and 15. We're not very good. It's like a the the program was honestly like three or four years old. Like they had to recruit football players that didn't even know how to skate just to play hockey, just so they could have a team. And the coach had like this incredible vision that one day like this was gonna be a championship winning team. And that was my freshman year. My sophomore year, um, we're playing division three high school hockey, which is like the the lowest division of hockey in Connecticut. Like it's it's not good hockey. Like this is like introductory. Um we went and won the state championship my sophomore year. Like complete Cinderella story, like a team of fifteen plus freshmen and a few upperclassmen that, just put it together and busted our ass, won the Division Three State Championship my sophomore year. Basically, my, we are Marshall. Yeah, that, that more or less. That
0: movie was based off of that.
1: Okay, yeah, that. So that's a tragic um, beginning of that movie. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, my junior year, we moved up to Division Two, which is pretty good hockey. Um, you know, not the best of the best, but pretty good. Went to the State Championship uh, again, and we, unfortunately, we lost this year, but... Two years in a row, uh, you know, even moving up division, we're, we're you know, making a name for the program and, you know, proving to everybody that, you know, we're the real deal. Uh, my senior year, we moved up to Division One, which is the best hockey in the state, uh, and we went to the state championship again. Like, again, a complete Cinderella story. Like, by this time, we're all seniors. You know, the freshmen that, you know, were struggling in the beginning, we, we put it all together um, for our senior year, and we upset like three teams in a row to get to the state championship and you know we played this team that is consistently like one two or three in the state we ended up losing but um it's just uh, wow i thought that
0: was gonna be like a really happy ending yeah it not. no that was a real punch no. to the stomach holy shit <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but it's just the it just shows like the effort that that you can put in you know where you can go and you know just because we lost two state championships in a row like we went to three in a row we won one of them like just because we lost two doesn't mean like that's that's the end like we will i'll get into this later like why uh why all that is important um and like how that has has molded me as a person and wait for it forged we'll get into that later why that's a big word forged Let's plug. It. Yeah. Nice plug. Advertise. We'll understand what the, plugs, what
0: the plug what for <laughs> Uh
1: Why that's you know kind of forged a little bit of who I am today. Uh, but enough about me. Let's transition to Mr. Matthew Younghands. Tell us about your high school days. Younghands.
0: So you know that question when everybody asks, hey, where are you from? I have a weird time answering that because I kind of moved up and down the East Coast for quite some time. I was born in New York. I uh, lived there for five, six years. Mom got a new job in Florida, so we moved there with her. Uh, my sister, uh, sister, mom, bunch of animals at this point. Lived in Florida for a few years. After that, mom got a new job in North Carolina. So now I'm at give or take three or four elementary schools, two or three, two, actually three middle schools, and now I'm in North Carolina, finally getting to high school. Here we go. Uh. And at this point, most people in high school, are like, oh, we everybody's known each other since like elementary school and middle school. Right. I'm coming in there in ninth grade, 14 years <laughs> old, awkward, very weird. Uh pretty sure I had hoop earrings. It was a really fun time. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> yep, I go hoop earrings. You find my MySpace, you'll find some fun stuff. But uh all that fun stuff. So in North Carolina is when, you know, i found a decent friend group, I guess you could say. And all we ever did was ride bikes to each other's houses. And we lived miles away. It wasn't like, oh, we lived next door to each other. It was like four or five neighborhoods over. Like at least a solid two or three mile bike ride to see one person, which isn't much on a bike. But when you're like 13 years old, that's awful. Or 14 at this point. But high school at, at Providence High School in Charlotte, North Carolina, is where I really, I guess, started my whole lifting weights fitness journey. I played basketball as a kid and then I kind of stopped growing at six foot one, and that was kind of it for me. But I was lifting weights, never really thought of playing any of the sports. I was a big, huge basketball fan most of my life as a kid until one of the football coaches was like, hey, you should come try it out. So, having never played football in my life, at this point I'm 15 years old, tried out football, absolutely sucked. Was cut, (laughs) (laughs) yep, was cut right away. but still love working out. It was so fun. It was good. Uh, very bad football player at this point. After that, I then transferred to a second high school, Indian Land High School in Indian Land, South Carolina. I'm not even sure if that's on a map right now. But uh with that, I'm a junior high school now. Does the phone work?
1: Oh, yeah. I if know, I press okay.
0: the buttons. But uh so now I'm at Indian Land High School, finally playing football, made the team, all that cool stuff. And then not only that, but honed my skills, got better at it, worked my ass off at it, finally got to a decent level of athletic ability, and only to realize that our, our team as a whole sucked. Now everybody wanted to, oh, I want to get the most passing yards, receiving yards, I want to, you know, get this, and our coaches kind of individual, sorry, our coaches rewarded individual effort. You know, if you're an offensive lineman, you got rewards for how many people you knock down. If you got, or if you were on defense, you got rewards for how many tackles or sacks or interceptions you got. And... That kind of all, like, you never worked as a team. And because of that, my first year playing football, we won two games. It was great. Uh, <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, we, we lost by a lot, too. But It gets even better senior year. After my uh, senior year, really working my ass off, doing two days in the gym by myself, and then training all that fun stuff. That's where I kind of learned to be a disciplined athlete and really just bust my ass when no one's watching and go balls to the wall no matter who's there, who's not there, um, and with that is when I really started to, in my opinion, become a better football player. But again, when your coaches are reiterating and when people are telling you, oh, get this, you do this and you do this and you get rewarded for this, you get rewarded. Not like, hey, if we win the game, we get this. It was like, I feel like that was never talked about. And because of that, my senior year, we won one game. It was great. At one point, one of the games versus Chesterfield High School. At halftime, it was 54 to nothing. <laughs> Holy <was> a, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they put the JVs in the second half. <laughs> I ended up losing sixty-seven nothing. Oh my god! It was the biggest loss in I think the high school's history at that point ever, probably ever. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be hard to beat that one. But with that, I mean, I was there again. Like, the high school I transferred to was even worse because in a smaller town, so everybody's like born together, kindergarten together, you know, elementary school together, middle school together, and like that middle middle school, elementary school, and high school. We're all next to each other because it's you know. BFE South Carolina So Everybody knows everybody Who knows everybody And I'm just a new kid Coming to school When I'm like 16 years old And everyone has like BFFs when they're like 5 So it was super awkward for me And it was hard to make Friendships at that point Because I was brand new To high school To a brand new high To a smaller high school I should say When there's like I think there's like Maybe 800 kids there I think my graduating class is like 110 Same But It sucks It's weird yeah, it's, yeah It was quick though Graduation was like 25 minutes That's fantastic <laughs> But uh in a nutshell, it was basically I was trying to be an athlete, and a lot of athletes, as you as you kind of come to see later in life, is like, unless they're really, really pushed, really pushed, you can either push them to greatness. Or you can push them kind of into the worst thing ever. That's plug. Nice Got you see. Thank you. Uh, and that, on top of that, and only that, but if you know, if you have the skill for it, great. If you have nat- if you're natural born talent, natural born athlete, you naturally have speed. You naturally have strength. Cool, great, awesome. You have a good start. I naturally did not have great strength or great speed. And having those personal training sessions of a coach or, hey, being sent to a seminar, that wasn't afforded to me. Not saying I grew up in a bad place or I had a great life. I had a great childhood. My mom did so many awesome things for my sister and I. Um, it was a wonderful thing, but simply we just, you know, it's going to specify football camps or athletic camps or weight training camps, that's expensive. That's like a thousand bucks for like a day, yeah, which is expensive and kind of on what one day. Uh Oh, there's worse. So many more. That's but crazy, absolutely ridiculous. But again, it's not only expensive, but it's like okay, we can spend a thousand dollars on this, or we can spend a thousand dollars on your braces and fix your shitty ass smile. (laughs) And me being sixteen, like yes, got my braces off. Sorry, I got my braces off at fifteen, so that was a really weird time in high school. But in a nutshell, I mean. Decent athlete at best. Awful teams all around. Uh, did I contribute to the awful teams? Absolutely. I'm not saying I was like the star. I was like I was like a star player on a bad team. I was an okay player on a bad team. Uh, but that's kind of how where it wrapped up. Oh, I did start dating a girl at this point, which is going for the next three to four years, which will, which will transfer into college. A girl. A girl. <laughs> One of those things. <laughs> but uh, that'll translate into what kind of maybe the person I am is that actual relationship and how it took through college and did weird things how I met your mother's involved we'll get to that as well but uh now we'll go into college we're transitioning into college um mind if I start this one because go yeah cool yeah so I'm I'm four years older than Jeremy I'm 28 years old so my college years started a little bit before his and then by the time we get to the school where we met he'll start his college so my first year in college I I in high school I had no idea the hell I wanted to be I think it's absolutely ridiculous to make an 18-year-old say, hey, what do you want to do? All right, go into debt for the next 60 years. What do you want to do? <laughs> Decide now. <laughs> Dude, I'm drunk. I don't know. <laughs> that's absolutely – that's a whole other thing, college. Like, oh, God. We'll get to it. 18 years old. What do you want to do for the rest of your life? Oh, well, be a doctor. But <laughs> – so I had no idea what to I'd do. I like, we went to the local community college, University of South Carolina, Lancaster. was there for a year. Accomplished nothing really. Took some general education classes realized I still had no idea. I majored in psychology. That was my first major. Ace, hey. aced my first year in psychology and then realized you had to do like a thousand hours unpaid. Oh and I was God. like, change my major. <laughs> because that's, no, I'm not being paid for a thousand hours of or not being not paid. Yeah. Not being paid. There you go. Thank you. I got you. Appreciate it. But uh, after that, I went undeclared. Had no idea what I wanted to do. From there, I then transferred. I wanted to rekindle my football Dreams and try to go to a Division three school, Methodist University, uh, right? Yeah, didn't know that. Don't worry. It ends real quick. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> wow. so made the team there, walked on, made it again. I was going to play tight end until like one of my grants or loans or something kind of fell through and I had like 72 hours to pay like $15,000. <laughs> I was like... Well, that's not happening. <laughs> See ya. So after about three weeks at Methodist University, I withdrew from the, from the college, took a semester off, uh, just because I didn't have time to enroll anywhere else. Worked at Pro Image in Carolina Place Mall. Pro Image. Pro Image. What yes. is that? It is a sports, like... Oh, I know what that is. Yeah, memorabilia. Memorabilia, thank you. That's it. Like a sport memorabilia store. Think of Fanatic. Those are a lot of places, but like way worse than Fanatic. Uh, <laughs> way worse. Where Let's see what was popular Jake DeLome And like T.O. and the Cowboys Was popular at this time So I'm working there Realizing This is awful I would never want to do a job Where I just stand around For eight, nine hours And get paid garbage So my semester off Was probably one of my most Eye-opening experiences Was you know what Maybe some people need college Some people don't Whatever But I sure as hell Don't want to do this So that's when I enrolled In Old Dominion University In Virginia Uh Try to play football there, that also didn't work, uh, but I made a lot of friends, it was awesome, I would have stayed at ODU, really would have if they had not raised out-of-state tuition by like 10 grand in one year, so that was my check out the door, ODU was fun, that's when I got exposed to a lot of like the real college party scene, you know, doing dumb stuff, rugby teams, football teams, all the awful, awful things, partying in gross houses, like very gross stuff. 42nd 43rd Avenue if you're someone from ODU oh really really gross but anyway so after ODU when they try to raise tuitions I transferred once more for the third transition into by the way I'm, I think I'm on like four majors at this point I think I did psychology and I went to undeclared then business management then I realized that was boring then to sport management realized that was also boring exercise science as well and then I realized I was bad at science <laughs> so that was probably not that was no go uh then back to undeclared because I had no idea what to do. Then I'm back into Coastal Carolina, go Chance, where I eventually graduated, met everybody. So I'll pause here. So I'll let Jeremy go a little bit more into his first few years. Actually, no, let me continue. Cause yes, I was at coastal for a year before you were. Okay. So my first semester at CCU, uh, no friends, none. I think I'm 19 or 20 at this point and transferring to a college where again, People meet in freshman year. They hang out their dorms. They make friends for life. Blah, 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 blah. Now, with that, I was in a, like, remember the, what is it? Nah, the gardens? The Magnolia. Magnolia and Azalea. Yes. Like those way off campus thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why I was strange. Ju- very awful areas of Coastal. If you're listening, to you, if you work for Coastal, fix that shit. The place is gross. But <laughs> I was put there, and it's a very isolated, like, student dorm area. It's very weird how it works. And I had like the worst roommate in my life. If you're listening, fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. But with that, uh, hard f bomb, right? Hard f bomb. Just, right the, just get it going. Right out out 20 gate. minutes in, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so this is the time where I really like. I was still working out, but I was eating like shit because I had no friends, so I just stayed home and eat. Didn't go parties because I had no no friends to go to parties with, so I stayed home and ate. Got really really fat er, I guess you could say, because. I was already getting the fat way, still working out, but of course, when you go to bench press, do bench press and curls, it doesn't burn many calories. Eating pizza, like going, yeah, yeah, pizza, ice cream, all the awful things you can eat, burgers, all that crap. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so with that, I had I had serious thoughts of dropping out of college just because of how bad that first semester at Coastal was. It was just very, just a very like serious realization that like you need people surrounding you You need a team you need friends to just kind of pick you up when you're down and push you forward even if you're already in a good mood all that kind of stuff so with that my second semester at coastal is when i met jeremy then we met everything else so we'll go kind of probably back and forth with this experience of of college so my second semester at coastal passing it back to jeremy with that so um actually sorry before that god i keep going back and forth at the end of my first semester again serious thoughts dropping out i meet one guy named Bobby Baldwin who says, "You know what? We're in a fraternity. You know, you don't have to join anything, but you know, we need a, a third roommate for our house. You want to just live with us?" A literally awkward chance encounter at like uh, the housing arrangement areas, and they just need a third roommate. And I was like, "Sure, whatever. I'll go live with some frat boys." So that's where that semester ends. The next semester picks up.
1: Whoa, Jeremy's back into it. Germ, how'd you get into Coastal? Oh boy. Coastal Carolina University. Alright, so... I was... Let's go back to high school a little bit. I didn't care about my grades at all until junior year. I had like a, a 2.1 after sophomore year. Like like I said, only wanted to play hockey, but that's super... Like, 2.1? Yeah. You have to try to get that.
0: Jesus. Right.
1: So, like, like I said, only wanted to play hockey, but... Ironic, because I was not very good at hockey, so I didn't... Like... I don't know. Just not being realistic. Uh, junior year... Uh, somehow came to the realization that I need to get my shit together or I'm not going to make anything of myself. Like I, like my freshman and sophomore year, like all I did was stay at home, play video games, like never went out, never did anything. Um, and then one you day, you never got fat though. Right. Um, so one day in my junior year, I'm like something clicked in my brain and I was like, okay, I need to get my shit together. I went cold turkey. Like, like sold all my video game systems, uninstalled every video game on my computer. Um, From junior year to the time I graduated, I think I averaged like a 3.5 or 3.6 GPA, uh, which unfortunately only brought my cumulative up to like a 2.8 or a 2.9. But I got into some really good schools. I got into Quinnipiac University in Hamden, Connecticut. I got into Rochester Institute of Technology up in Rochester, New York. Um, both very good that's one
0: that's like super like really nice yeah it's incredible. so nice
1: um got into west virginia university wu <laughs> which is where my um, eventual wife went to college as well uh i didn't i obviously didn't attend any of those colleges um they were all pretty expensive i applied to coastal like june after i graduated high school like you know you're supposed to apply like during high school. Right. <laughs> Applied in June, got in, um, into their... No shots. Yeah. <laughs> their PGA golf management program. Um, I, I picked up golf somewhere in high school. Uh, actually, actually, I played golf in high school too. I, I left that out. Golf and hockey. But I played my senior year. I played golf my you senior year. You could not have chosen more white sports. More Happy Gilmore-esque. <laughs> um, I got into that program, um was first in my I'm the first in my family to ever uh get in and go to college. So this was kind of like a uncharted territory for my family. Uh obviously they wanted me to stay close by. They didn't want me to go far away, but I had just about enough of Connecticut um which I still do, but um got into coastal and just on a whim said screw it, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Um Made the twelve-hour drive from Connecticut to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and started the started the process. You know, just kind of. I was seventeen years old, super young. Uh, moved in to a pretty nice dorm. I lived in Eaglen, and I had a quad, so I had like we had the living room, and we had. You guys had
0: such a nice area. We
1: had four so single nice. rooms. It was pretty awesome. Uh, my roommates were pretty cool. Uh, really, no. Who comp- were your roommates? Uh, Malicky. And the other two, like, I don't know how... I came
0: to your dorm, like, twice when, I was, when you lived yeah, there. Yeah, we
1: had a different roommate. Like, me and Maliki lived there our whole freshman year. But the other two, like, there was a new pair every, like, three, four weeks. I don't know what happened. People got kicked how does that out. Work? I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, uh, my freshman year, my first semester was kind of... It was pretty... Pretty relaxed because I didn't really know, I didn't really know anybody, and I really wanted to focus on school because I know, like, from high school that if I fall into this trap of being distracted and not focusing, like, I know exactly what's gonna happen. So, um, you know, I kept my head together. I didn't really get into anything too crazy. Uh, I think my first semester I pulled like a three, like a three-three GPA, which is okay um definitely did my fair share of partying sorry mom um love you tracy (laughs) but i learned independence quickly living on my own uh obviously because mommy and daddy weren't there to clean up after me anymore not that i was like super dependent to begin with but you know i picked up on being independent way faster than a lot of people still still even at this age like seven years later like Somehow, do not understand being independent. But, um, my, sophomore, my sophomore year, my the second semester, semester yeah. of freshman year is when I met Matthew. And we weren't even, like, I met him because...
0: We met and then we probably weren't even friends like a year later. Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> we went and joined the same fraternity. Well, and I, I was like so against frat life like these i'm not going to say what i think of frat boys because it's inappropriate thought frat boys were (laughs) douchebags mommy and daddy money right right. blah 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 everything you see in the
0: movies is exactly what yeah i also thought frat boys were
1: to put it nicely those are some some choice words uh but we joined this fraternity and i was the smallest person and matt was the biggest person like could not be more opposite of human beings, like barely acknowledged each other. And this, we're gonna switch back and forth here because we have very different perspectives, excuse me. But that's when I met Matt, um, joined the fraternity. And so this was like something, these three months, my second semester of my freshman year, were um, kind of where I learned the balance of life. Like, okay, like you have to prioritize you know whatever whatever your values are you know so obviously school was my number one and whoever was uh the leader of the new guys at the time like we had so many conversations about like me saying like hey I want to quit like I really don't care about this fraternity thing like I'm here to go to college and and it was just like a bunch of like a it was like a rat pack of so, like oh a bunch God. of random personalities. Like, rat pack is the perfect description. And
0: the only reason I think we all meshed together is because that first semester – would you ever party at J1 the first semester? No. I didn't, I didn't know anybody. There you go. But like that first semester was like such like an odd combination of just personalities and people and like guys that were like at the place we partied at all the time. Some people came out of nowhere. Yeah.
1: And then I think Malachi got you right Yeah, yeah Malachi took like, me to a party one time. It was like
0: the people that partied at this one house called J1, which we'll mention that a few oh times. God. So if we mention J1, it's the party house for the first year of college first that we both were at Coastal. Um, so the extension of people that party went and gradual. Hey, let's join this fraternity. Hey, let's join this fraternity.
1: But we have to say that this fraternity had two members was it two uh, three. It was like three. 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 okay three four. Bobby, bobby was four bobby was four okay four John. okay four there were four members of this fraternity so like it's not what you think where we're at this mansion this
0: mansion and with like 100, 100 guys
1: hours. and strippers and cocaine and beer like no
0: that, that didn't for, happen it was a, much like interesting it costumes. was a
1: disgusting house <laughs> with so a patio outside it wasn't even a house it was a town kind of, yeah a townhouse yeah
0: and then we it's made noise like, when we make a noise To put it in perspective, we partied all the time there because the neighbors never called the cops because the neighbors were pretty big drug dealers at the time. (laughs) Uh, No names will be said (laughs) in the making of this podcast. But, I mean, it was parties. It was during, you know, when we were pledging the fraternity, you know, certain things where we just got loud for certain things. And, again, we had had this privilege because our neighbors refused to call the cops because they'd be calling the cops themselves. So, at that point, you know, it was just – it was, again, very awkward mesh of personalities. Some guys were douchebags. Some guys were assholes. Some guys were totally quiet. Like Jeremy, I was probably the loud asshole. Yes. Um, and definitely. Still is. Yep, I never did. That hasn't changed. But that was where, like, we met a, a lot of the guys that were pretty. We're still pretty good friends with, if not best friends, still to this day. Um. It was led by four guys, Scott, Rudy, John, and Bobby. At this point, Bobby is... I wouldn't say checked out but he's I mean he's doing his own thing he's, right. he's trying to yeah, progress he's, his life so he was yeah, in now. Yeah. Mau- he wasn't a huge part of the whole process love you Bobby his wedding's coming up it's gonna be gorgeous but so it was mainly Scott and Rudy for the most part of it and Rudy loved him to death the whole process he was just a fucking prick we should've used government names should've like, oh well like Penelope Pen- Penelope good one <laughs> okay what why Penelope <laughs> no we're gonna keep moving <laughs> Uh, so Rudy was, you know, in charge of our pledging process, making sure we had all the information of previous... Have
1: we even named the fraternity yet? Do they know what pledging is? We're not going to name the fraternity. They don't, don't even, have to know. They don't even know. If you know us, you know what it is. But, um, Do they know what pledging is? Explain pledging.
0: Pledging is educating new members of a fraternity of past experiences so you can all be caught up and all be brothers together. So obviously when you walk into a fraternity, unless you're a weird history buff, you don't know anything about that fraternity. So the pledging process this is to simply hey, here's our past history, we're going to learn it, the end. Yes. In so many words. Eventually, Jeremy got us kicked off campus. We didn't have to go there. We will. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so this whole process is like we kind of all became good friends and better friends because we all hated this process. From top to bottom, Oh my god. it sucked. It was awful. It was late nights and you have to get up for class. At this point, I had tried out for the Coastal Carolina football team, still trying to keep this football dream alive made the team so now i'm playing football or well playing spring ball i should say pledging a fraternity working at the ymca full-time student student and trying to have a part-time job so i can have some beer money on the weekends and so basically we all became friends because of how awful this is and that's how you know humans are super negative so that's how you become friends oh you hate this oh my god i also hate this let's be friends right um but it was just – again, Still, so me and Jeremy have like probably said like five words throughout this whole process. But anyway, this is kind of how we became just really close with one another and again, really good friends yeah. with everybody. Eventually, I get cut from football, try out again in the fall. We're already, Now we're – okay, now we're past, we're, we're past the project. We're already we're, in the yeah. Trinity.
1: We're into my sophomore year. Yeah.
0: And we'll probably bounce back and forth with party stories, not only in this podcast but in the future ones as well. So now I'm – Got cut from football, tried again in the fall, still trying to keep this thing alive. I actually make the team. I make fall. I make the fall team. And I realized, you know what? I'm probably like fifth or sixth in the depth chart. I'm probably not going to play much. I probably at this point have about two years left of college, probably maybe one and a half. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done with football. I'm over it. it apparently, someone or something does not want me to play football, so I'm not going to play football anymore. So that's when I really, 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 really got head over heels in love with fitness, um, making my friends work out even though they didn't want to, you know, lifting weights as often as I could, lifting weights in classes, after classes, you know, late at night, waking up early to go work out on my own, courts because I like to do it. Uh, I was made fun of for it. So there's a the fun thing about fitness. If you're in shape, you get made fun of. That's weird. But <laughs> that's where I probably say... Jeremy,
1: okay, well, end, put, put, end of my freshman year, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when Jeremy and I got a little bit closer. We so started working out together. He forced me to work out. Okay, he didn't. Yeah. We didn't do this together. He's like, <laughs> Stop being a skinny bitch. Come to the gym. And I was like, fine. That's how it works. So, if it makes you feel any
0: better, um, we did. Uh, my roommates at the time, Chris and Connor. Connor wasn't actually a roommate. He literally just popped in, popped his head in there, and just kind of lived there for a while. He basically, I made them work out, but they wouldn't go to the gym. So we did insanity at the house. Where for some reasons Connor would just get naked and do insanity. It was disturbing on a lot of levels. I, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? Ooh. Huh. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we do insanity and Connor would be butt naked.
1: <laughs> There's image. at least four or five days you'd be butt naked. There's an image I didn't need. But no naked. one needs it. No one needs it. No that. one needs it. That Not even Connor needs it. Needs but it. I apologize <laughs> to our listeners for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's when I guess you could say me and Jeremy got like really became friends, started to get to know each other. All that good stuff. And then we'll pass it back to Jeremy. Then I mean, he left me for the first
1: time. The uh, first yes, time. this. Well, technically, yes. yeah, no,
0: the first time, the first time.
1: So, um, no, the
0: second time, because you went to golf. Th- golf. This game. is the first time. Yes, first
1: yeah. Time. Um, so like I said, I went to Coastal for their PGA golf management program, which is a program that, uh, throughout the curriculum, you learn how to be a PGA course professional. Uh, basically you you run a golf course. Um, and, I learned my freshman year that, you know, I I really like golf, but I don't think I can make a career out of working at a golf course and never being able to play golf. Uh, So my freshman, at the end of my freshman year, I did some thinking. I'm like, all right, well, let me try to go play college golf somewhere. Also really ironic, like my high school story, like I was not very good at golf. So uh, I tried out at Manhattanville College. Great bunch of
0: athletes on this podcast here.
1: Yes. uh, In Purchase, New York. Uh, Walked on to an NCAA Division III college golf team. Uh, Had a killer tryout. Like, one of those days that I could put the golf ball anywhere I wanted. Uh, How are you? Right in the hole. Right in
0: the hole. (laughs) Call her a hole in one.
1: Anyway. um, Yeah, so I made the golf team at Manhattanville College. And so I transferred there from Coastal. Um, I played one semester of college golf at Manhattanville, and the bill came in for that semester's tuition, and it was somewhere near $25,000 for one semester. Um, so I said, mm, yeah, this isn't gonna work. So. Yeah, twenty five <laughs>
0: grand, I got that in my backpack.
1: <laughs> hashtag student loans. <laughs> um, so I transferred back to Coastal for the second semester of my sophomore year. Um, in between, that uh so we had you know in 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 between semesters in college you have like a a month and a half break for no reason um during that break i went and joined the navy uh plot twist um what
0: what college you go to get a month break
1: in between semesters yeah, like, semester ended, like, December. Oh, like, winter break. Right, winter oh, okay. break, that's what I mean. like, in, like,
0: September, there's okay, a month off. No, no, no,
1: winter break. Um, I went and joined the Navy. Um, my whole family, except, well, I guess all the males in my family, um, pretty much all Marines. Uh, so, obviously, got a lot of shit for that. But I joined the Navy. The military was something I always wanted to do. Like, I always kind of had, like, a, a sense of patriotism um, and a little bit of pride in that so I just went and did it um again sorry mom she wasn't very happy about that um Love but Yeah I signed the papers in January and I didn't leave until I knew I wasn't leaving until June so I went back to Coastal to finish my sophomore year um and that's when I started getting serious with fitness and and because when you have something to train for uh like the military like that's something you you have to take seriously cuz I'm sure you guys have heard it time and again but you always have to have the mindset that your competition is training harder than you um, so I'd say about January when I showed up at Coastal for my second semester I was 5 foot 8 120 pounds like still skinny as a rail didn't know a goddamn thing about fitness uh, so you know I, Matt took me under his wing at this point Jeremy from back sorry I'm drinking a Lagunitas, some easy ale and it's it's phenomenal. So I'm going to keep drinking that.
0: I'm drinking water because it's 11.45 at night and I feel it's 4.
1: Yeah. But anyway, uh, so at that point,
0: this point, I'm really, really getting into fitness. Like not just all oh, row lifting and just you know, just bench press curls and tricep push downs. But I'm really like looking things up on my own, like actually doing research for fitness. You know, what's good for this? What's good for that? Like what actually makes sense to work out? Why you do these things? Why the five, three, one strength program works? All that kind of stuff and learning about like educating myself on exercise science as I'm, like I said before, bad at science with exercise science. But I'm currently a communications major at this point, which is the most broad major you could possibly get. A lot of people catch flack that, oh, oh, I know how to communicate. (laughs) (laughs) All that crap. But, um, which all my friends give me crap for too. But communication and, and so many words, communications major, communication majors are Masters of nothing, but damn good at everything. So you're good at PR, you're good at marketing, you're good at this, you're good at that, and that's where I kind of fell in love with a very broad range of a lot of things. And exercise and fit exercise itself was just kind of like a niche hobby of mine, I guess. And so with that, you know, the first few times I worked out with Jeremy, and this still rings true. He whooped my ass in cardio, but I was so much stronger than him. <laughs> uh, and so those kind of things were kind of again. Went back and forth, find out, found a very, very common interest in fitness. That's where we kind of became sick, way better friends, deeper relationship, all that kind of stuff. And deeper. Deeper. At this <laughs> point, Jeremy's trying to convince me to join the Navy with him. And I'm seriously considering it for probably about a year at this point, you know, because I'm, I'm going to graduate before everybody else, probably about two years before everybody else at this point. And, you know, he's like, oh, "If to graduate. You become an officer right away. Your pay is this. You get these benefits, this and that. I'm like, shit. I was like really looking into it, this kind of stuff. And to find out that oh they cover that's like, oh my god they cover your student loans I didn't know that yeah except for private loans which is all I had
1: fuck you Sally May
0: <laughs> Navient you losers who works for Navient I like I like to hate my life and everybody else's I work for Navient <laughs> so um if, if you work for Navient that's
1: I hope you're listening I, hope, I really you hope you're listening to that fuck one.
0: you. <laughs> But um, at this point, I realize, oh, it's only private loans, or they don't cover private loans, which is almost at this point all I have. So my very, very small and insignificant thought of joining the military goes away very quickly. Um, with that, again, working out, all that fun stuff. And then at this point, my last year coastal, Jeremy moves into the ha- the party ha- the new party house of Wild Wing. Well, we got to
1: – we'll get back to that. Okay. I got to get up to that point. Oh, sick. Yeah, so uh, like Matt was saying, he took me under his wing. Um, like I said, I was like 5'8", 120 pounds. Like, I couldn't bench press the bar if I wanted to. Actually, I could. That's a lie.
0: No, I can't.
1: Anyway, um, so like I said, I was leaving in June for the military, taking it pretty seriously, eating a lot, trying to bulk up. Uh, in about three months' time, I, I went from 120 to about 156 and change. Uh, straight muscles looking, looking damn good. Solid 150 pounds.
0: Yeah. yes. Yeah. Looking a lot
1: better than 120. Um, <laughs> In comparison. Right. So I left for boot camp, which I I don't know. People say it's a horror story. I thought it was really easy. Um, <laughs> maybe it's because I prepared. Maybe it's just because the kind of person I was. Like, and this still holds true. Like I like I just I just don't care about, like, negative stress and shit like that because it's, it's also temporary. Like, it's not going to kill you. You'll be okay. Um, boot camp was easy, but I hated it because I hated the high school all-stars trying to tell everybody, like, how awesome they were and why they should be a leader because they were so good in, in high school at whatever respective sport. I'm like, well, no. I remember like, the story you told me this. Like, though. no, you're an idiot. Like... <laughs> There's 85 people in this room. Like, there's no way because you were an all-star high school basketball player. Cool, Chad. I'm glad you're the quarterback of your (laughs) division. There was one school. Yeah. Sick. Um, Anyway, that was in Chicago. Well, well, Great Lakes, a.k.a. Great Mistakes. Um, Eight weeks, no big deal. That was funny. That's like a running joke in the Navy. I understand that. After the eight weeks there... So it's now about August... Oh, I graduated August 9th, which is my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, Trace. Went to Pensacola, Florida. That's
0: when you came up with the truck.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pensacola, Florida is where I went for my job training school. Um, I'm a naval air crewman. Uh, so basically what that means in layman's terms is I... Put things on the best on, semen
0: in the built. Nope. Okay. Whoa.
1: whoa. Well, <laughs> um, I put things on airplanes. I do weight and balance. I do in-flight maintenance. Fly that shit wherever it needs to go. Drop it off and come home. Um, so that that school was about six months long. So I had to miss a semester of college, unfortunately. Um, I joined the Navy Reserve. So basically, the timeline or the pipeline is. Boot camp, job training, and then you go back to your civilian life. Um, so the job training was about seven months time. So it's like January 2014 14, at, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, luckily enough, um, the detailer down in Pensacola, which is the guy that tells you where you're going next, uh, was super cool. I'm like, hey, like, I'm in college in South Carolina. Is there any way I can get stationed somewhere near there? I was like, Yeah, we'll hook you up. You're like you're a good person. Like you killed the school. Um didn't not like kill the school, but you you did very touch well. It, that's, it, yeah. oh, sorry yeah. about that. Sorry um, sorry, Tracy. <laughs> uh so I ended up getting stationed in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and was able to go to college at Coastal, thank God, and still do my requirements down there in Charleston. So that's what we'll pick up where Matt was saying. Um January 2014. Yes.
0: So January 2014, this is my, ends up being my final semester in college. And to backtrack just a little bit, that relationship I was talking about a little bit earlier, it ended very poorly, just like, I mean, most relationships do in your late teens, early 20s. Um, Not thought negatively, but it ended with cheating on one end that wasn't mine. And I found out it was bad. Uh, Tried to make it work. (laughs) Tried to make it work. I was trying to point fingers. Try to make it work. Didn't work. Simple as that. Uh, I ended it, and it kind of was kind of like a turning point for me. Because this point, I'm still a relatively quiet person. I didn't really. I wasn't really trying to be the center of attention, the loudest person in the room. And I started watching this show called How I Met Your Mother, which if you never watch it, it's the greatest show in the world. I've never seen it. Wow. Shocker. It's, it's still. took it off Netflix. Never mind. But um, the one character on there named Barney Stinson. He was like Neil Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris plays Barney Stinson who's like this womanizing like cocky asshole but he's like hilarious in the show um and i thought everything about Barney stinson was like the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life to this day still some of the funniest tv i've ever watched and so i started using his catchphrases like in real life like a sitcom character's catchphrase i would use them in real life and luckily nobody else in the world watched how i met your mother besides me so no one really picked up on it for like three years that's bonkers yeah it's bonkers shut up uh (laughs) But so that's kind of where like I would use it and people thought it was funny. So okay, cool. Now I'm I'm a little bit funny now, I'm getting attention, awesome. And it kind of just translated into just a very loud, sarcastic asshole. Um which is where I ended up coastal loud sarcastic asshole. That didn't change. Till still hasn't changed to this day. Um But at this point I'm winding my college years down, I'm like winding my end of my the end of my college career. There we go. And so Rook. besides like other stuff, we'll get into a few party stories here. Uh, this place called Soho Five Forty Four. Oh Lord! Oh yeah, served uh, going there on Thursday. <laughs> Thursdays. I'm twenty three at this point. I'm twenty. No, he's not. He's like ten. You were nineteen. I was.
1: Yeah, you're nineteen. I was nineteen. Yeah, wow. yeah. No, I was twenty. 2014. You turned so was... twenty that year. No, I was coming. Out... Oh no, yeah, you did. Yeah, exactly. I was coming up on twenty one. Yeah.
0: But um, so at this bar. There would be 50 cent vodkas, 25 cent beers? 25 cent beers. So, I mean, you have five bucks. You have yourself quite a night. And it was just ridiculous. And some of us knew the bouncers, So, sometimes we got – sometimes people got ID'd. Sometimes they didn't get ID'd. And as you can tell, as, as Jeremy said, he's like 13 at this point. So, we got lucky for a while. Uh, and it was just very, again, fairly at this point – again, it might be really nice today. I haven't been in a long time. It was a shit show. It was pretty much a shit show. And – you know, you're drinking, you're a bunch of kids doing like <laughs> car bombs. And vodka Red Bulls. Vodka Red Bulls. And it's like two in the morning and you're still drinking Vodka Red Bulls. Thinking, and then you look back five years like, how the fuck did I do that? Why do I have heart problems now? <laughs>
1: That's why.
0: Knew it. What is going on with my life? <laughs> and so, one of the funnier stories is, this is like the... Seventh or eighth week in a row that we've gone to this place. Oh my god,
1: it's only February now, by the way. It's it's been like three weeks since since I got back. It's been three and a half weeks, I feel like
0: it's been ages because we're all just getting drunk every day. Yeah, and now go to Soho. Jeremy makes it to the doors. Yes,
1: very strange. Very strange. Somehow, somehow
0: got through the doors, and they didn't card him. They only take people over 21, but they didn't even look at his ID. So, like, okay. They went to the bar.
1: Well we have to we have to explain this to to our listeners that even now at twenty four. Well uh, multiple people will listen at some point.
0: Hopefully.
1: Um at, even now at twenty-four, like, if I don't have facial hair, I like I'll get ID'd <laughs> for driving a car. Like it's it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and me have always So imagine me four years younger at twenty years old. Like I've always looked old as hell. Could not have facial hair since I was like, like sixteen. Somehow
0: I got into this bar. Somehow got in this bar and Again, Jeremy has been coming for a few weeks in a row now. Like it's not like new. Like like the bartenders have seen us. They know like the eight or ten people we always came with. The, the bouncers knew us. And so it must have been a new bartender or something. Cards Jeremy. Jeremy plays it off. Ha ha ha. I don't have my ID or something or other. or hey, I think you handed your real ID. I gave him my military ID. Yeah. Like that was gonna make a difference. Which says you're twenty. <laughs> so he's like, uh, you can't be here. And so Jeremy at this point, which I think you were the ride.
1: I was. Yeah.
0: College, drinking, and the good. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> mom, Jeremy Mom, gets,
1: mom G- go ahead and pause this part. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> gets kicked out.
0: So, but we're awful friends. So, like, all right, bye, Jeremy, and we stay. Uh, I took a car, actually. Did you? Yeah. Oh, it was a Kia Swole. Yes. A Kia Swole. <laughs> Red, orange Kia Soul. Uh, so, there, Jeremy leaves then. We still continue to get hammered. We come home at like three in the morning. Jeremy's sitting on the couch eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I forgot about that. <laughs> Remember it comp- very distinctly. Hey, guys, what's up? Watching some like military documentary of like, what really happened to Pearl Harbor? <laughs> like classic Jeremy. That doesn't, that's not changed at all either. But um, so there's one. And now we're again getting closer and closer to the end of my college run. And this is where I get the, this is where I get an internship slash part time job at. The job I'm currently at. Uh, one story that I've told I probably won't get too, because I'm still involved in that company. I probably won't get too, too detailed with a lot of stories. But then we go to Panama City Beach, Florida oh, for God. spring break. God. Spring yak. And again, if you had people in college, like, oh, spring break, Cancun, this place is, let's go to Mexico. This place. This, this shit costs money. Right. It costs a lot of money to go these places. And we're all breaking the bank here trying to split a two bedroom hotel with like nine people,
1: no we had a one bedroom no one bed no with one bedroom, two, two beds with and seven people seven people, yes,
0: seven. so that was fun. I ended up in a bed with my roommate and his girlfriend with my roommate cuddling me most of the night,
1: trying to get him off me, only to cuddle me again, right uh I was in a in a bed with between two girls I'd never met before, that happened. was kind of cool, yeah. Nothing it happened. nothing happened. Obviously Obviously not nothing cool. happened. I, I'm still the socially awkward, quiet kid.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so PCV, we were there for a week. Again, getting us all down there was brick in the bank. Like We lost, it. we like spent enough money just getting down there, so we're right. all doing awful things just trying to make money and get trying to save up enough money for the next case of Natty Light. Yay. Um, and then Jeremy and I thought, oh, it's going to be cool. Let's do like a six-pack of Blue Moon. It was not a six-pack. Was it a 12-pack? It was way more than that. Ugh. And so, we're like, yeah, let's get some good beer because Natty Light's so awful. So, we're like, oh, we'll get some Blue Moon. And then, I don't know, one of the last days of the trip, we're obviously out of Natty Light. So, we're like, you know what? Let's drink the Blue Moon. And through this time playing this game, it was a Dizzy Bat. It was Dizzy Bat. It was bat. A Dizzy Bat. Which, if you're not, you know, aware of what Dizzy Bat is, you cut the bottom of a wiffle ball bat off. So, it's a big, just a hole in the bat. And you pour beer in it.
1: You fill it. You, you fill it. You fill it. You drop a whole beer in the bat. Yeah, a full beer. And the thing I'm pretty sure was Blue Moon Tall Boys. It was Blue Moon Tall Boys. Yep. And so, right away... If you hear the trauma in our voice, just just the beware. Mood, the mood is It's coming, changed. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, just like any college college group of friends on, on on spring break, you wake up and start drinking. First thing you do. Yes. So, we have Blue Moons. With that, let will play a Disney bag. You throw the whole beer in there. It's heavy beer. You As you get older, it's, it's not the heaviest you can go. But we're like, we don't drink nice beer at this point in our lives. Yeah. So, we're just... Throwing back a, a blue moon.
1: So, here's the way Dizzy Bat works. We'll explain how oh. this game works. So, like Matt said, you cut the hole in the bottom of the wiffle ball bat, you dump the whole beer in there, and you chug the beer out of the bat. Like, you tip it upside down, you drink it, and however... You can drink it out of the can and then
0: do it, but you know, fuck that.
1: No, yeah, it's... The, no. However long it takes you to chug the beer, however many seconds... So, say it takes me 12 seconds to chug all the beer out of that wiffle ball bat... That's how many spins I have to do around the bat. I plant the bat in the ground and I spin.
0: On your forehead.
1: Yeah, put the bat in your forehead and you spin around.
0: On your feet, so you're on your feet, bent over on the bat. So you're right, not, right. you're not breakdancing or anything.
1: At that point, you crush the can, throw it to somebody who is quote unquote the pitcher, the pitcher. <laughs> they pitch the can to you and you have to try to swing and hit the can, like it's baseball. Mind you, you just pounded a beer, which was a Blue Moon Tall Boy, so you're about to throw up. Then you start spinning around this bat, so you're really about to throw up. And now you gotta try to hit the can.
0: On top of all of it, it's about nine thirty in the morning.
1: Right after four or five straight Three days of only beer, and so at this point, this is when
0: me and Jeremy realize, you know what? I think it's time to you know call it. A... So we made we made up a lie, like, hey, we're gonna go get some more beer. We literally went back to the hotel and fell asleep, just to shake it off.
1: I think we took like a seven hour nap. Yeah.
0: Well, everybody's still hanging out on the beach. Like you know what? We'll just recover. So seven, eight hours oh. there. Go to the next bar. I think what was it? Uh, what was a big bar down there?
1: Uh, the one I paid a fifty-dollar cover to get into. Yeah, I paid a
0: forty-dollar cover because you were nineteen. Spinnakers. Spinnakers. Yes. Yeah, I paid forty dollars to get in. Jerry paid fifty, and it was an awful experience. It was not worth oh, the cover. Just so like st- every, just like every bar. So if you're saying spring think, break bar, if you think nightclubs are cool, they're not. They're just not. Oh expensive God. beer loud music you can't hear anything it's awful it it's, awesome. it's been awful not even fun even if you're in college you're like oh it's so fun no it's not you're lying to yourself you're making shit up <laughs> um
1: pcb pcb
0: yeah oh, don't ever go there
1: it's yeah, terrible yeah. the city's awful oh, no they not, you're not allowed to drink on the beach anymore there really yeah. That was like after the year that we went really they made that a lot we yeah. ruined pcb we didn't ruin it i had a great time i had a wonderful
0: time Stuffed on a beer can completely saw Luke, sliced my foot open. Yep. Yeah,
1: saw Luke Bryan and Cole Swindell live. That was pretty cool. Cole Swindell was there?
0: Yep. I have no recollection. No way.
1: Yeah, I still have the picture. I have no recollection
0: of Cole Swindell. But yeah, that was, the first, that was my first country concert when I really started to fall in love with country music. And so we're there on the beach. Luke Bryan comes out. Singed. There's like, I don't know, 40,000 people on the beach at this point. So much fun. That that, that was just, that was actually very fun. It was awesome. Uh, and then we drove 10 hours back. Back to college. Still all hungover. It was wonderful. Yeah. I am, at this point, I'm getting ready to graduate college, graduate college, move on to a full-time position at the job I'm at. Two weeks later, dude, Carolina Cup. Shit! Carolina Cup! Probably the worst of the Cups.
1: It was the worst. It was was the cold one, wasn't it? That was the cold one. That was the cold
0: one, yeah. No, it was the hot one. The one we were at the house.
1: That was the cold one? That was the cold one. Yeah, because it rained. Because I remember I never rolled my sleeves up.
0: It rained at at this one, because I was bald. (laughs) So I've been through like 35 hairstyles. But... After that, like the next week in Panama City, it was Carolina Cup, which is probably like a low end version of the Kentucky Derby. That's a mediocre horse race. Mediocre Cam- horse race, against. Camden, South Carolina. Cam- yeah, mediocre horse race. And it's basically a fraternity and sorority central. It's an all day drinking event. All day drinking event. That's all it is with a horse race. Had got a nice, cool little party bus there, Raining the whole time. Like, I. To this day, I think I've only seen a horse. I've been to Carolina Cup three times. I've seen a horse once. <laughs> and it's just it's literally who can drink the most and not get arrested at this point at these events.
1: A lot of people get arrested. A lot of
0: people get arrested. Did Mark get uh, – no, were you the first one? Yeah, you were yes. there. Because it's really like a cowboy hat and the fucking sandals. Like oh, a, yeah. Like a murderer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing baby blue shorts with a belt and a pink button-down with a cowboy hat and a pair of flip-flops. That was my Carolina Jerry Cup Sweeting, outfit, ladies and gentlemen. For the first one.
0: For the first one. Oh, I think I wore the same exact outfit: khakis and a pink shirt.
1: Yeah, your picnic shirt.
0: No, that was in the third year.
1: That was the most recent one. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: We'll backtrack to that. We'll come back to the next one in future episodes. But um with that Carolina Cup, again, all-day drinking event. Who can drink the most stuff? Blah, blah blah blah. After that, any of the big events I've You graduated. Yeah, graduated. Um Got my degree. Took me five and a half years, but I did it. Mom was proud of me. Uh, went to a full-time position at the job I'm currently at. And we... Is it only one hour? It like about uh, it I hope not. Well, we Ooh. have one minute left in this podcast, allegedly. So, went into a full-time position. Jeremy, at this point, still has two years left? No, one
1: year. Because uh, you graduated 16 had, or 15. I had a year and a half. Yeah, year and a half, yeah. Because
0: I, I graduated spring. Yeah. Um, hot-ass football field... Was shit facing the night before, awful experience. Like a hundred degrees out, one hundred percent humidity. Listening to the most boring speaker ever, and then my I college career ends.
1: Pronounced your name wrong.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I really pronounced it right. I said David Young, Matt Young ends. I was like, what the fuck? It makes no sense. Fifteen seconds. Um, and yeah, that wraps up my college career. Looks like we're about to run out of time
1: here. We are going to segment this into another section. If I edit that out. Yeah.
0: Three, it. two, one, bye! So that ended part one that ended, uh, this is Matt Young's by the way, that ended my college career, so we'll get into post-college here in a little bit, but you can listen to the tail end of
1: Jeremy's college career right now. Yes. So, um, I attended Matt's graduation, and, uh... me you my MySpace picture? Yeah, I brought his MySpace picture. This is a very famous MySpace picture. That super famous. It got, I don't know like, how it got... Like the, a, the hoop earrings he mentioned earlier. Here in that picture. That it's got like... Fun. How did that get big? I think it got big when we were pledging. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what So this that. is like a
0: four-year joke at the time <laughs> that they brought to my graduation in like a poster form.
1: Yeah. So anyway, um, at this time, I was living with Matt. We've been living together for probably like six months now. Um... I had decided to stay in South Carolina in between semesters, so I had just got a job working like at a golf course or something like that. Where were you know, like ma um the Dunes.
0: Oh, that's right, I forgot you were there.
1: Yeah, the Dunes. <laughs> the Dunes Golf and the Beach golf. Club. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was working there, I was just working maintenance, like shitty job. Um just trying to get enough money to, to pay the bills, which was just like my truck and rent and insurance. Um but I had enrolled in summer classes, so I was you know trying to graduate on time because I had missed a semester uh, for the Navy so I was you know just kind of grinding there working and going to school and like still living the college life you know drinking Thursday Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just you know going through the motions um, but my fall semester of my junior year came around and I had like Matt I had bounced around majors so my original major was accounting that sucked a lot
0: accounting
1: so have been Affleck. <laughs> when I got back from the Navy I had switched my major to physics uh because at the time I wanted to be a pilot uh so I was like all right well a physics degree will definitely help with that um I got a 2.1 GPA again, like I did in high school. I did that in college as a physics major. I was like, yeah, that scared the shit out of me. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I had stumbled upon intelligence and national security studies. And I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. Like we study things that I like, uh, you know, like terrorism and, you know, shit like that.
0: Yeah, so terrorism I kinda, shit like that. Yeah,
1: you know, no big deal. What'd
0: you get? You're in terrorism and shit like yeah. that. Uh,
1: so I kind of just rolled with that. Uh, I ended up falling in love with it. Uh, my buddy Justin kind of brought me to it and said, hey, just meet with the advisor, yada, yada, yada. Um, I actually ended up falling in love with the field of intelligence and national security and all that. So I hit those studies pretty hard. Um I mean, nothing really crazy happened junior or my senior year. I was playing hockey at Coastal. Um, That sounds weird to play hockey in South Carolina, but we started the – it's a club team. Uh, We started the hockey program here, me and a couple other guys. Um,
0: You got the fraternity kick off campus?
1: Yeah, that's like low-key. It's not a big deal.
0: I wish it was, uh, there's not even a good story to go with that.
1: No, it was stupid. Like if we told
0: you exactly what happened, you'd be like,
1: oh, really? You'd be like, oh, I do that. I actually paid to do that. So (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, that's it. I I ended up graduating in 2000, in December of 2015, which is, it sounds like it's a a semester late, but because I missed a semester with the Navy, it's actually just right on time. Uh, So no big deal there. Um, oh 2015 July 2015 I went to this training with the Navy uh, that was 100% life changing called SEER School it's an acronym S-E-R-E uh, I'm not allowed to talk about it because I signed a non-disclosure agreement um, but you can google it and get some fake information on it that's 100% not true um,
0: If it makes you guys feel any better he told me that same shit that he couldn't tell me anything about it I had to do, like, my own research on it to actually know what the fuck he was talking about. But yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was cool. Um, It was miserable. uh, But it's definitely life-changing in the way that uh, I learned a lot about myself. Um, So, like I said before, I was kind of, like, socially awkward and quiet. Like, I knew that. That wasn't a big deal. But what I hadn't known was how much of a bitch I was. Um when it come when it came to yes. Um like being under serious pressure with something of such high level, like that I thought I could handle, but when given the responsibility, like literally did not know what to do and just cowered in fear. Um and that kinda changed my life. Um kinda changed who I was. Like I just I didn't like that feeling of like, letting people down and on such a scale that, like, could potentially be devastating for, like, a shit ton of people, um, so that changed me, that was July 2015, and I kind of took that mentality with me and just kind of, since then, have been pretty much balls to the wall with everything, like, 100% all out, like, no bullshit, uh, holding myself accountable, being super responsible and, and shit like that. Uh, So I ended up graduating in December of 2015 uh, with my bachelor's in intelligence and national security studies.
0: I got my degree in communication. I think I already said that. Yeah, you already
1: said that. Fine.
0: Fuck
1: off. Um, So January rolls around. I'm still living in South Carolina at this point. Um, And shocker, didn't get my dream job right out of college. Weird. Weird. I know that never happens. I didn't make six figures
0: the day after I graduated.
1: Um, so I hit up Matt. I'm like, Hey, like is your gym hiring? Like I know, like I only know, uh, in terms of fitness, like I only know me and my body and what works for me. He's like, uh, you know, like I'll see what I can do. Uh, but you're probably going to have to do like a three to four week unpaid internship just to see if it's worth investing in you. And you know, that whole deal. So I did it. Um, I guess we can pick up from there. Let's yeah. we going to pick up from there. This is January 2016. So I'll
0: backtrack just a little bit into what this gym is. So the name of the gym is called ISI Elite Training. I got the job out of a... It's a Cracking a beer. <laughs> it's Michelob time. But uh, he, switched, he went to a lighter beer.
1: It's Memorial Day. He's being a pussy. RIP to my homies. Appreciate everything you've done. Thank me. you
0: for your service. But uh, So at, during my last semester in college, I started a part-time job. I uh, got my personal training certification, and on recommendation of my previous job at the YMCA, I was, hey, check this place out. It's this guy had a small gym and he's expanding to a bigger place. You guys should definitely try it out, this and that. To this point, I had a little bit of personal training experience at the YMCA, not much at all. So I, tried, I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Uh, my first interview was actually turned away because my availability didn't work. so I didn't even get it, I didn't even get in, didn't even get interviewed. I walked in there. they told me my availability didn't, availability didn't work. Turned away. Cool, great. Got a call two weeks later saying, okay, let's do your interview. So, okay, cool. That was weird. So, started there. Started on a part-time basis. It's one location. There's probably, I don't know, 75 members, maybe 80. Again, at this point, it's a small gym. But I instantly fell in love with the whole process of it all. It was just, I mean, getting up at 4 in the morning is awful to some people. I don't have a problem with it. It's It was the coolest experience to watch, not only see that, hey, Someone that can I can work my ass off I know I can I'll push myself and I'll go crazy all that kind of stuff But you realize real quick how many people in this world will not do that They'll you know see something hard and stop and this is we'll get in the more I'm later episodes We'll talk more about that kind of stuff, but you'll see how quickly you know one negative thing happens. They shut down Or you know what then they come back. They start feeling good again, you know something bad happens and it reminds them of a the worst time and they're down again and I found real like fulfillment in helping so many people that you know I thought for the well, for the longest time like oh personal training is just oh you know showing someone showing somebody how to work out that's it it's awesome here's a workout bye and that's what my dumbass thought after I got my certification and you realize very, very quickly it is way more than that. It's not just hey here's your workout. It's hey let me change your life. And that's one thing a lot of people don't get in fitness and when they get their personal training certification and try to be personal trainers like oh I'm going to be a trainer, makes a shit ton of money. fact of the matter is your first year or two in fitness or three or more, there's a good chance you'll probably make more money serving tables than you will being a personal trainer. That's honest to God, truth, period. If you think that's false, try working in fitness. But with that, um, it was a growing business and I was just happy to be be a part of the team. Uh, I found a real passion in it. I really found a real passion in just Again, making people's days better. It was something I like. found a lot of joy in. And in my first few months, one of the guys, it was me, the owner, and two other guys that worked there. Within three months of there, one of those guys was let go. Um, three or four months after that, the guy in front of him quit. So I'm now five months into this job, maybe six, probably probably less than that, actually around five. And I'm now, besides the owner of the company, the most experienced person in this, in this entire business. And a lot of people may think of that as, you know, oh, not my place, not my problem. I'm going to come here, do my shtick and leave, whatever. And I don't know what it was, but something in me said, you know, I have an opportunity here to be very, very good, to be the best at this. Because the owner of any company, no matter if it's fitness, if it's a tech company, whatever, they have more things to do at that time than, you know, they're trying to grow the business. They're trying to, ex- to expand and make their vision come true, which I completely respected. And with that, you know, I was like, you know what? I have a, I have a lot of responsibility, and I can either do nothing or do a lot with it. So I, at this point, I was getting ready to actually start another summer year of summer camp at the YMCA. I quit that job the day before it actually was set to begin. Sorry, guys. And went at, <laughs> my other, went back, to, like, not necessarily went back, but went more hours at ISI. And it was just something I found a real big passion in. Waking up at 5 a.m., sometimes not getting home until 8 p.m. Again, luckily I don't have to do that too much anymore. But it was something I just found great passion in. And I got, you know, in something like that where someone's like, Oh my God, those workouts are crazy. Thank you so much. You're so good at this. It can blow up your head significantly. It can make you entitled. It can make you a self-centered, cocky piece of shit. And that's exactly what I became. Uh, Because not only was I driven myself to be the very best at what I did but I had people tell me oh my god you're the best this and that it's so cool oh you're so good and I in turn thought I was the best and so at this point now I think I'm like oh I, I can run a business I I I run better workouts than everybody that's what I'm now that's what I am and of course you have people kind of like stoking the fire and making you believe you're better than you are and you know more shit than you actually know and it was just a huge real like eye-opening experience that you don't know shit it doesn't matter how much you know but it's a matter of like how can you affect somebody and if, if you're so good if you're that fucking good if you're, if you're the best at what you do why aren't you at the top of your industry why aren't you being paid the most in your industry why aren't you you know simply better than ever? if you say you're as good as you are why aren't you as good as you are and i thought i was good but i wasn't that good plain and simple I could cool, deliver a good workout, and be energetic. That's all I could do at that point. And so through then, again, at this point, a few months before Jeremy starts to come in, I get put in charge. At this point, I think we had two locations, a little over four hundred members, so pretty good growth in about about a year and change. And at that point, two, I guess you could say, executive GM type positions, not not coaches, but executive team, GM type positions. They in so many words, we're no longer with the company. And so with that, now a whole new level of responsibility was put on my shoulders. And at that point, it was not only just, hey, do great work, guys, but hey, do your best. I'll take care of this, but I need you to make sure this place runs. So I became the head of the facility, was doing the scheduling, helping out with payroll a little bit here and there. Little, little by little, knowing a little bit more about the business aspect, which to that point, a year in, a year and a half in, I had no idea anything about it was a very humbling experience, a very where you think you know everything, and all of a sudden you are at the bottom of the totem pole and you don't know anything. And so it was a very hard learning curve for me. It was a very hard pill to swallow. And but in those situations, you can swallow the pill, swallow your pride, and go to work, or you can be like, "Fuck this, I'm leaving," and then go try to restart somewhere else. At this point, I invested so much of my time at ISI. And I, I definitely thought about quitting on multiple occasions, but I invested so much of my time and I liked going to work. I liked doing that. Very, very few people in the world like going to work. I love it to this day. It's been almost five years and I still love it. But uh, Jeremy contacted me. He obviously couldn't go to the Coastal gym anymore. And, yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> you, you know, it's like $300 a month or something like that. Yeah, if that's you go, retarded. Which is absolutely ridiculous. God. It's not that good. It's good. It's not that good. Calm down, Coastal. But so Jeremy contacted me. Hey. Is there any way I could like you know just work out there? And I said, you know what, let's make up a little bit of a white lie. Let's say you're interning here for hours for the Navy or something. Which I
1: actually did. Yeah, you actually and like, got into war. Eventually, for it. Had to, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, so Jeremy, quote unquote, interns for us for a while. 174 hours. Yeah, 174 Four, hours. Like eight weeks. At this point, another guy on our that was staff. Definitely way way less than eight weeks. Yeah. Another guy on our staff got promoted to the head of another facility that we were opening. So a spot opened up for a paid position. Uh, and owner of the company, Adam said, Hey, what do you think about Jeremy? You think he'd actually work here? You think like we could pay him and he could be trustworthy. And at this point, Jeremy was still on the fence, but I'm going to vouch for my friends. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's pay him. So Jeremy got brought on staff. Now we're working together, working side by side, making ISI a, a beast at that point, trying our best to grow that place and give people the best experiences, not only just Give them great workouts, but again, trying to actively change their lives. Yeah, provide a ton of value. A ton of value. Value, value, value. So if, again, try out there, be successful, trying to do things, provide value. Don't provide like a cool blog post. Provide value. You give them value. You get value back. So now, Jeremy, we're caught up. We're in January, okay. February 2016. Sure. All that kind of stuff. Now, we could wrap it up here. No. No? Okay, we're going to keep going. Nope.
1: Okay. So it's about February two thousand sixteen, like Matt said. Um, I just started. I a huge part.
0: We'll come back to it. Sorry.
1: Yeah, we'll get we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, I had just started my um, paid position at ISI. Uh, kinda didn't really know what I was doing, but kind of figured it out just by watching. Um... Are we name dropping? Can we name drop employees or no? Okay. Uh, Person one government names government name. Penelope
0: Penelope and (laughs) and Sally
1: well we'll use first names Um, kind of just watching uh, Matt and Mike and Kurt um, like just awesome at what they did everybody loved them like they honestly I can't say enough how much I learned from them Um, god they hated you when you started right of course (laughs) Um, but because like I got my bachelors in intelligence National Security Studies like my passion at the time wasn't fitness like I only came to ISI initially because I needed a paycheck and I couldn't get a job like right out of college uh so I kind of was in panic mode for my career and I went and enrolled in grad school and a lot of people don't know this but my whole time at ISI I was a a full-time grad student um studying I got my master's in psychology um, so it's kind of hard to juggle, like like Matt said, having to be at the gym at 5 a.m. until like 1 or 2 p.m. And then I go home and do homework for six to eight hours. Like throughout the whole two years I worked at ISI, I think I averaged like three and a half to four and a half hours of sleep a night. Uh, and that and that's just what it took to, to be successful um, in not only in grad school, but to be a successful employee at ISI. Because like you said, it's not just... You know, showing up, giving people a workout, and calling it a day, like, you're you're actually changing people's lives. Like, you have to take that seriously. Um, but, like, I can't say enough about ISI. Like, that place has completely, uh, or had, I, I don't, unfortunately, don't work there anymore, um, had completely changed me as a person. Uh, talking with the owner, Adam uh, on multiple occasions just about, like, just about life and, like, career choices and, like, just personal development. Like, I I can't even explain it in words how much value that has held in my life, and uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but I have, I've actually started my own company um, just because that's something that I want to be able to do, like, for myself and for other people. Um... But ISI wasn't just like – when I talk about how it's changed me as a person and and those talks with Adam, like ISI wasn't just a job that I showed up for 40 hours a week and just went through the motions, you know, working for some head honcho and trying to build his business. Like we were – like the five of us there, we were all in it together building this business like – we had a vision, we had a purpose, and day by day, week by week, we were executing, like, we always met our numbers, and, like, it it was just an, a totally incredible experience, just to be, like, I'm so honored to 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 be a part of ISI, and, like, hopefully one day I'll be able to provide value in people's lives, like, I have learned from Matt and Mike and Kurt and, and Tui and the rest of the gang, like, it's, I, I can't say enough about it, it's totally incredible if you're in the rural beach area, there's no reason to go anywhere else. Like, check it out, and we'll bring it back to Matt.
0: Ironically, we we're both wearing ISI shirts. that's funny.
1: Right. But, um, <laughs> so, we're kind
0: of like that jail, like Jeremy's time in ISI. But I'll backtrack just a little bit to go to the end of my first year at ISI was where I met my current, my now wife at the time. It was we went on a cruise. It was like a whole ISI cruise type thing, and I. At that point I that's where I kinda like fell in love with her. Um, we just it was the first time we really had any kind of conversation outside of, you know, gym stuff. And I always thought she was really, really attractive, very gorgeous, extremely just very hot. And not only that, but like she like she could hold a conversation. It wasn't something that was like, hey, ha, how do you squat? Is this how you put your butt out? Is that proper? Like it was a conversation you could have with somebody about Literally anything. To this day, like I I can hang out with her for three, four, five, six, seven days straight or longer and never get sick of her. But it was it was when I first met her, so we kinda like it was October when we really started digging each other, I guess you could say that was weird to say digging each other. Digging. Digging. It's like nineteen ninety six. Probably the seventies, but yeah, dude. <laughs> it's fine. But uh so we started really huh? groovy, dude. Groovy, bro. <laughs> so we're Seeing each other at this point, we didn't become official, I guess your are Facebook official, even though we're still not Facebook official, until January of the following year. 2017. Um, what? Is that where we are now? No, I'm still I'm still in 2015. Oh. Yep. Oh, we backtracked, right? Yeah. So now then at this point again, dating Libby. Her name is Libby. Libby's my wife at this time at that point in time, my girlfriend. Uh, and again, I'm still at this point, still living actually in my old college house. Haven't moved out yet because that's just, rent was cheap, it was wonderful. But I now have been trying to have a career. I have a serious girlfriend and I need to get out because there are still parties happening on the weekend and I need to get out. So I moved out to my first real quote unquote big boy house uh, with one of the guys that works at ISI, Matt Tui, and actually a member by the name of Bill. Still one of mine, Jeremy's actually very good friends. Uh, He's doing great things in Denver, go Bill. Uh, But then, Buffalo Bill. (laughs) <laughs> after that my lease ran up and Libby and I are I, I'm spending all my time at Libby's house I'm, I'm living at a house more than I'm at my own so we're like you know what let's just move in together uh, at that point we had just the one dog it was Libby's dog that's now our dog his name is Berkeley he's laying at my feet right now sleeping then our second animal came by Poe who's actually on the desk next to the phone third animal Summer who's next to Berkeley on the floor right now the fourth animal was Pharaoh he's somewhere around here Uh, He's over in the bathroom. Is he? Yep. He's coming this way. Creeper. But, so then, uh, now we're in 2016, a little bit into 2017. Jeremy's left ISI, then came back to ISI. Yeah, I did leave ISI once. Yeah, left ISI for a few months. Uh, At this point now, I'm in... I proposed. She said yes, thankfully. We're engaged. Jeremy's back at ISI for a short time. Yep. How long
1: were you back? Uh, I left in... October, September,
0: September, yeah, and coming back in in like January, yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: uh, so now we're in 2017, I guess you could say. So, with that, I'm engaged now at this point. Um, at the end of the year, Libby and I really start. Like, we have two dogs, two cats. The dogs have no yard to run, they're huge animals, by the way. It's a German Shepherd and a Cheever mix. So, one's 90 pounds, or one's like 85 pounds, one's like 88 pounds, they're huge dogs. And they have nowhere to run. We feel bad. And we're millennials. So that's the new thing now. I fucking hate that word. Millennial. My God, that pisses me off. Millennials is such a term for like, lazy people. But right. it's like... It's more than just young people that are lazy. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Continue. But, so... Uh, there's actually a running joke that... Uh, millennials aren't buying homes for their families nowadays. They're buying homes for their dogs. That's the truth. Which is exactly what we were doing. So we've... Uh, Again, end of twenty or middle twenty seventeen, we started looking for a house, got a house, clo- put an offer on a house, closed on the house. In August, we moved in this could, in, no December of twenty seventeen. Massive renovations, all this fun stuff. Got a fence for the pups, got a fence for the kids. Cats love it. Uh we got married in February of twenty eighteen, no wedding. It's a whole other thing.
1: An awesome ring bearing ceremony. An awesome ring bearing ceremony by Jeremy P. Sweeting. Yeah, yeah, dude. It. That's it. it. was only three yeah. of us. Just three of us.
0: Just three of us. Jeremy wasn't there. There was three people. Uh,
1: I was there. They came
0: in the mail. <laughs> the wedding was in the mail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now, Libby and I are married. At this point, it's, and maybe a month after that, Jeremy are like, we text and Snapchat back and forth every day. And I'm like, let's do a podcast, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> and so, that's kind of the mnemonic We're now kind of caught up on my life. I'm married, I'm 28, I'm now the director of ISI Elite tra- director of coaching of ISI Elite Training. So it's me and Mike who head up pretty much day in and day out, everything that goes on in our five locations at ISI. Nearly 1,200 members at this point. Uh, I get married, own a house. Living in Myrtle Beach. Uh, That's kind of our life. Four kids. They're fur babies. They're kids. Stop it. Uh, But that's kind of caught up on my life. Now we're up to date on mine. Jeremy, go.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I think um, I left off about February 2016. So let's hit the rewind. Back to that. Um,
0: We'll get cohesion in one of these episodes.
1: Yeah, no, we will. This is like the introductory. Like we have to bounce back and forth. So. Uh, February, 2016, I started, um, getting thrown into the fire at ISI. Um, basically not my lack of initiative, but my, um, what's that word? Social skills. Yeah. Social skills. And, um, I don't know. You were in your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was in my comfort zone. I didn't really, uh, Do anything I wasn't asked of.
0: And now I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Sure. We get to even say what the hell ISI is besides a gym. (laughs) So ISI is not your typical like scan and do your own thing type of gym. It's all by appointment. It's either group sessions or one-on-one sessions. And there's always a coach there to lead the whole session, whether it's on a microphone or not. It's literally your for the most part in the group sessions, you're on a microphone over loud music directing anywhere from five to like 60, 70 people in a workout – And making sure they're all levels of fitness, whether the highest level athlete or the newest person walking in that hasn't worked out in 15 years and has two bad knees and bad back. Making sure they all get a good workout. And so you're there. It's an extremely stressful position for anybody that has never experienced it, especially on the employee side of it, the staff side. Where you're in front of now a bunch of people that are staring right at you, listening to your words. And for the most part, judging you. (laughs) Well, that's your cat. He's trying he's to break, break shit. He's, yeah, he's gonna break them. He's definitely gonna break the plate. Yeah, for sure. Barry. Oh, All right, he's fine. He's fine now. But so now, this is this is a almost profession that I, I, I love. As I said, I'm outgoing, center of attention type of person. So I have a ball at this job. Jeremy has said is very introverted, very quiet, and so me being you know a very good friend of Jeremy, one of my best friends. I was obviously a complete asshole to him his very first time in the microphone. So I just gave him, I didn't give him any warning, oh my God. no heads up. I was like, hey man, you got five minutes on the mic, go nuts. He's like, what the fuck, man? What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, whatever you want, five minutes. And so now he has like, I think it was like 20 people,
1: yeah. give or take. Yeah. Just like staring at you, waiting for you to say it's something. It's really awkward. It's and so really awkward. really uncomfortable if you've never done it before.
0: And then at this point, he's on the microphone and I have a loud voice in general. I do so not I, at all. So he's on the microphone speaking softly. Can kind of hear him, and so what better way to help out Jeremy than completely make fun of him while he's doing it? So I'm yelling over the microphone to where everybody can audibly hear me, making fun of him, making fun of how quiet he is. <laughs> Again, this is a professional setting, by the way, but you know it's it's a whole different thing. And everybody was like thinking he was the sweetest guy ever, and I'm just being such a complete dick to him
1: in front of everybody. And it was just one of those times where either. You either, you either rise to the occasion or you, you cower in fear, like I said earlier. And that, like I said, back at that training I did with the Navy, uh, that kicked in immediately. Like, all right, I'm like, fuck this guy. He's being an asshole. I'm going to go ahead and do this shit. And I failed. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this guy. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I failed. I, f- I fell stra- straight in my face. Like, no matter how hard I try, like, I couldn't. I don't know what it was. Like I couldn't, I couldn't make it click with the people I was trying to lead. Uh, but that was like a huge learning experience. And, and we'll talk about this later, but you know, the people that are the most successful fail the most. So, you know, I kind of used that as, okay, what I did didn't work. Let me try something different next time and see if that works. And And it was a whole process for like, for like six months, like in order to effectively lead, like you have to fail and you have to learn from from your failures. So, you know, just in time for me to get pretty good at what I was doing there, um, I had sought a what I had thought was a better financial banks opportunity thing, right? yeah. with a private security company up in the Outer Banks. So I'm like, "Hey, Matt, thanks for the opportunity, but I'm taking this job up in the Outer Banks." Hated him. Hated. Oh, him. I'm sure everybody hated me. Um, this was in like September so like I leave ISI I'm willing to start this job and like two weeks go by I'm like okay like when am I going to start up in the Outer Banks another two weeks goes by I'm like okay like I officially cannot afford to live right now <laughs> what the fuck is going on um, and the company was like oh we lost our contract up in the Outer Banks due to some insurance issues I'm like Shit. fucking thanks <laughs> so alright yeah so I'm like like Matt <laughs> I need a job <laughs> what are you doing um
0: and so at this point too
1: like he's contact trying to drop hints that he wants like hey just like
0: another job like basically kind of come back and at this point like even though he's like my best friend in the world I'm sitting there like having this like internal battle with myself like he's a good friend, he'd be awesome, be he, like he'd come back and pick up where he left off, it'd be no problem, I'm not having an internal battle, like crap, at this point, I'm leading the facility, I have, at this point, we, there's probably, at the Myrtle Beach location alone, probably seven or eight employees, some that have been here, you know, a little bit longer than Jeremy, some that have been here just about the same amount of time as Jeremy was there, all that kind of stuff, and I'm having this internal battle, like crap, do I hire back someone that I left? That's one thing. Not only do I hire him back, but do I hire him back and people think, "Oh my God, he's hiring because he's you know he's his friend. So that was like a huge internal battle for me and again, as a leader, you have to make the tough calls, the controversial calls, the, the calls that controversial, controversial, controversial calls yep. and calls that you might get called out on and get questioned for. but I had my answers I had the answers to the questions I knew were going to come. so lo and behold, Jeremy came back in January of 17
1: 2017. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, I was low. I was really low on staff. Uh, I knew Jeremy was reliable. Uh, it was literally supposed to be like a one week thing. Like I need you film for, like what like one or two weeks because like yeah. like two people were sick. One person was out of town. One person out yeah, of I was
1: just filling in. Literally just
0: filling in, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I got I, I need Jeremy back. Cool, whatever. Brought him back in, and then it extended him to another like nine months.
1: No, so um. I was nearing the end of my master's degree, and again, like, no opportunities in my field whatsoever. So, I was kind of like panicking because I'll be completely transparent with you guys. Like, I have $150,000 in, in student loans. Not a doctor? I'm not a doctor. I just have a master's degree. So, I'm freaking out. Like, okay, I'm doing the math. Like, my payment for this for the next 10 years. It's going to be close to $2,000 a month, and I make fucking, Did bottom line, like, percent, I couldn't percent. afford to pay rent, and student loans, and a car, and insurance, and a phone. Like, I just couldn't do it financially, so it's kind of freaking out.
0: Meanwhile, I'm telling Jeremy at this point, I had been paying loans back for about two or three years at this point, so I'm telling him, dude, if you just tell Navi you can't afford it, we'll do this, and that, this, and that, they'll lower your payments, and then Jeremy shoots back with, "Oh, insurance goes higher, this and that, and I'm telling him, you know, you have to pay student loans probably till you die. Right. Fifty, if you're lucky. Yeah. And so he's not believing me. This and that. Yeah. I gotta pay student. I gotta figure out a way to have two thousand dollars on top of rent and car payments and bills. So an extra, I don't know. Got to pull what ten thousand dollars a month to break even.
1: <laughs> About that. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So anyway, um, this is actually um, something that I still want to do uh, with my life. Um, but I had went to the army. I uh, remind you, I'm still in the Navy Reserve. Uh, I went to the army. I'm like, hey, we're just talking a little bit. Uh, I ended up signing a contract with the army to go Green Beret, which is if you don't know, that's Army Special Forces, like best of the best. And I landed a contract, um, like literally everything I could ever ask for. um, I was supposed to leave in like the first week in August of 2017 Um, so I'm working at ISI through the summer and like three weeks before I'm supposed to leave uh, I get a call from the Navy asking if I did whatever paperwork it was for them to release me so I can go to the army and I had no idea what it was I'm like what are you talking about like what like why is this coming up now it's like three weeks before I'm supposed to leave like oh you have to do this paperwork I'm like all right well is this like is there enough time like yeah it should only be like a three to four week thing I'm like okay I'm supposed to leave in three weeks so let me see if I can get it done route the paperwork up um two weeks go by so it's like a week before I'm supposed to leave and I haven't heard anything back so I'm like freaking out Cause like this is like my dream opportunity and it's gonna get shit down the toilet. Um so I'm freaking out, calling all these people, come to find out, there's one person in the Navy that signs it's called the conditional release. Um basically they'll release you contingent upon if you have a contract with somebody else. There's one lady in the whole Navy that can do this, and she's been on leave for the last two weeks. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? There's nobody (laughs) else that can sign this paper. Like, no. She'll be back on Monday.
0: Classic germ.
1: Yeah. So Monday comes and it's literally six days before I'm supposed to leave. I call this lady. She doesn't answer. Tuesday, I call her. doesn't answer. Wednesday, I call her. doesn't answer. I'm like, okay, like this is a joke. What is going on? Eventually, it's like Friday now, like three days before I'm supposed to leave. I get in contact with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, she, you know, she's been back from leave since Monday, but she's been sick. Like this is like this is not happening. This is not real life So You can see where this is going. Uh, I was supposed to leave on Monday Whatever the date was and my conditional release had not been signed by the Navy. So per regulation Because I'm still part of the Navy If I leave for the army, it's some bullshit where something happens and it's not beneficial to me So I didn't end up leaving for the army to fulfill my special forces contract um um America. Yeah. So mind you, I was living in South Carolina at the time, so I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. I'm probably never gonna come back to Myrtle Beach. Uh my parents were still living in Connecticut, so I had moved all my stuff, which was like a dresser and clothes. That was it. Uh back to Connecticut and I was just hanging out there until I was supposed to ship out. Uh obviously never shipped out because of what had happened. Uh, so now I'm sitting in Connecticut with no job. I graduated with my master's, so I'm sitting on a master's degree No job and no income um, um, So I have my master's degree which is a plus but student loan payments kick in right away because I had used my uh, that six-month period yeah, I did the deferment, yeah, the, the deferment, the deferment. When, when I was away at boot camp with the Navy contrary
0: to popular belief, You could do that more than once too. Oh. Uh,
1: well good to know now um, <laughs> So this is like September of 17. 2017 yeah, so I just moved back with my parents um, so that like that kind of hit me hard because i I'd been so independent since I was 17 like That was the last thing I thought would happen that here. I am with a master's degree and I'm living with my parents. Like, with no job. Like, I'm that guy living with his parents. Um, so, like, a month goes by, and I'm just working at a golf course. Just, like, scraping change to, to make it by. And uh, I find out my parents are getting divorced. Which is, like, awesome. Welcome home. We're getting divorced. <laughs> Dude, this podcast is so funny. I know. <laughs> so, um... That's kind of just where where I've been at. Like things haven't changed really. Like I still live in Connecticut. I work for Lockheed Martin. I guess I have a good job. If you're one of those people that thinks a good job is working forty hours a week for a fixed income, building somebody else's dream, and doing something a robot can do. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at uh, up to date. Just getting by, really. Came to Myrtle Beach. Hey, always hey. a good time when I come to Myrtle Beach gotta see everybody <laughs> it's a little slap in the face because every time I come I strongly debate not getting on my flight home but I gotta go see my Nala so Cause he loves me Yeah.
0: but so before we kind of wrap this up and go home the reason we do this podcast these kind of things, and the ideas that we have is that I've, I've, I don't want to speak for Jeremy but I'll say if he can interrupt me if I'm wrong that we both believe that not only ourselves, but other, everybody's capable of more than what they think they are. Yes. They're more capable than just, hey, like you said, 40 hours a week doing the fixed income. You know, just going to work, going home, going to work, going home. There's more to life than just paying bills. Yeah. And that's where, as a population of humanity, that's what, you know, probably 95% of people are doing. Is that, oh, I got a job for this much money. I'm good. I'm done. To where... I am tirelessly, relentlessly, viciously dedicated to making not only my position better in my own personal life, but my family, my wife, my kids. Yeah, they're dogs and they're cats, but they're they're my kids. I want to make sure they have a better life. I want to make sure my wife has the best life possible for her. I want to make sure as a whole my family is not only well taken care of, but that, hey, my wife has a lot of passions, a lot of passions. She has like 13 jobs right now. She's going all the place. And... (laughs) I want to make sure she can do what she loves at all times. So I'm going to bust my ass because I know there's greener pastures wherever I'll whatever. with hard work, no matter what, comes good results. And not only hard work because you can work 80 hours a week and bust your ass for little to no money. That's a real thing because I know people that do it. I'm sure you know people that do it. Um, but it's, it's, it's strategic. It's reading. It's looking up things. Hey, how can I do this? How can I start a business? How can I make – Uh, you know, extra income doing this, doing that. And it's learning things that nobody else is learning. It's doing things that nobody else is doing. It's having confidence within yourself that sometimes you might have to sacrifice, you know, sleep. You might have to sacrifice a little bit of your income here and there. You might have to sacrifice, you know, security in your life to chase after something that literally may not even happen. But if you can believe it, all that kind of crap, all that fun stuff, you can believe it, you can achieve it, all that stuff. I know for me, I busted my ass from a part-time performance coach to almost an intern-level coach to now I am, again, like I said before, I'm the director over five facilities. So I make sure that every person that walks through the doors of ISI Elite Training has the best experience possible. That is the responsibility of my job, period. If if they are not having the best experience possible – I'm the guy that has to fix that. Jeremy has... Do you want to tell me about What? You want to talk about Forge of Greatness before we get out of here?
1: Oh, yeah. We can do that. So we're um, not depressing as shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the positive here. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah. So, um, like we're talking about, like, there there is more to life than than building somebody else's dream and, and just being a pawn in the game. Um, You know, I... I'll tell you the list of podcasts I listened to, Andy Frisella, the, the MF CEO project, totally life-changing the Gary V audio experience, like Amanda Bucci, like the list goes on and on. Like it's, it's reformation for me that, you know, like I, I can do what I believe in and, and who is anybody to tell me otherwise. And we're seeing it through, through like our, our day in and day out hustle and our grind that, you know, it's going to take time, but, you know, it's totally possible, and we, we've built, well, I can't say that anymore, but while I was there, like, we built ISI into something that, you know, Adam had had dreamed of, and it's just so awesome to be a part of it, and to have that tangible value that we provided in, in people's lives, and we want to take that to the next level, like, so I live in Connecticut. Obviously, I don't work at ISI anymore, but I want to do that same thing um, in Connecticut. So I actually started my own company, boom, called Forging Greatness. Forging Greatness. Uh, you can find us on. It's gonna in- be on T-shirts. It's gonna be on T-shirts for sure. Uh, but you can find us on Instagram at Forge Greatness at F O R G E, G R E A T N E S S at Forge Greatness we got a Facebook page, at Forging Greatness. Uh, website's not up yet, I'm still working that out with Squarespace, so it'll be up relatively soon. Um, but same, literally same exact thing as, as, as ISI, just up in Connecticut, if you're up in the northeast, check us out right now. To
0: specify, I'm still at ISI, I'm not part of Forging Greatness. Right. That's Jeremy's baby. That's when I
1: say we, I say me. Jeremy, I mean me.
0: Jeremy. Well you meant we, the company that was going to be a, firm, right, exactly. a fucking juggernaut. Um. I'm proud of Jeremy. He's going to fucking kill up there. Um, I'm going to keep doing my thing and make ISI the biggest thing it could possibly be. So, with that, to put a bow on it all, this is Beards and Biceps. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoy the next one million episodes. If we are privileged enough to have one million more episodes, hope you keep listening.
1: We are at almost two hours now. We promise, like... This is the longest episode we'll ever record, ever. Promise. It's, it's, great, it's great. It's great to listen you gotta to. You got to get though. the background. You got to know who we are, so we can provide. No, there's there's probably a ton of people that have stories like ours. Like we're not, like we're we're unique individuals, but we're not so different from everybody else. Oh, yeah. And and that's that's why we're doing this is to show people like us. Like there's a bunch
0: of mid twenties, late twenties, early thirties. They're like. Fuck, what am I doing? Right. Exactly. Like, why am I doing this job? I could be doing this. And sometimes, you know, Jeremy is starting his own business. He's doing good things. I may start a business in the future. You know, that's not on my, you know, current docket of things to do. But Jeremy's going out there and starting a business. That's fucking awesome. I have a business that was luckily already there when I got there. And I'm just trying to make it the best I can possibly can. I'm, leaving it. I'm trying to leave my mark in that company as best I possibly can. Um, and that's just what it is, relating to everybody in our age group, or anywhere matter. any age group, any age group, high
1: school kids, college kids, doesn't matter. Seventy years old, I don't give a shit. I know dogs and cats if they can. Well, yeah, okay. Right now, owner of a
0: company can be a dog. It's gonna happen. That's a lie. It's not gonna happen. Uh, Well, it's one in the morning. Jeremy has a flight to catch in the morning. I have to be at work very, very soon. So. We hope you love this podcast. We hope you listen to a future episode. They probably will never be as good as this quality was because we're in the same room. But hope you enjoyed it. We will see you soon. This is Beers and Biceps. I am Matt Youngins. I'm Jeremy Sweeting.
1: And we'll see you soon. Goodbye. See, see you soon. Get it? Haha. Uh-huh. How, t- how do I stop it? Oh, are going
0: to keep going? Because we haven't allowed to stop it yet. i turn it off. Oh, i press stop.
1: No, it won't let me.
0: I'm just going to go for an hour.